very last ship in this mausoleum. All 911 calls have been rerouted to the new station, so it should be quiet. Sanford Police Department. So much blood splashing around in there. She fell to an easy bow to That's what payment means. It was destined. The king of hell. All right, welcome to the nightclub. Uh, it's 2023 and uh, top of the pops, Johnny. Last shiv, yeah, yeah. Like chickens flying everywhere and shit. I'm gonna have chicken noises in there. Carly's like, what the fuck did I get into over here? Sorry, Carly. I apologize for both of them right now. This is not my fault. Oh, yeah. He can't it's... wrangle this. No, he can't, and it's starting. It's starting right now. Welcome to the nightclub where we are the slimy snails in a tin can. I mm-hmm. am the dancing flame, the lightning strike, the crippling wave. Travis Maxwell Boone, joined by your fave of faves, the clipped wing cocksucker, Grindhouse. <laughs> Rickles, he don't know what to I'm do. I'm a now. poopy bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And tonight we're joined by actress and podcaster Carly Sonnefeld. First time on the show and this has been pretty much a year in the making. We had Carly on the Joe Blow Horror Show for the past two summer series, and it's awesome to finally have you over on the nightclub. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, like you said, it's been about a year in the making. Never thought I'd actually be here, but now I am, and I completely regret it. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes! We have accomplished what we never Another set out to do. Another one down. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> and tonight, we're going to be talking about a film that involves a rookie cop uh, taking on the uh, last shift at a defunct police station and basically some demonic shenanigans or some paymonic shenanigans start, start going down. This is This is going to be the second time that Payman is a part of this fucking show because we talked about uh, Hereditary back in the gap, like on episode 13, Headless Grandma, boom. So pay- payments reappearing, one of our patron saints. Very true. They spell payment different though. Well, that's the last. That's the family's last name. Yeah. The, so there's a cult. Yeah, all kinds of shit. But we're gonna get into it. What I what I would like to start with tonight though is uh, Carly. Every time we have somebody on the show, we want to know what is your history with the horror genre when it comes to horror films. Per- me personally, I saw them when I was you know I think all three of us really were. Uh, on the nightclub we saw him very young do you remember what the first horror movie was that you ever saw um yeah it would have been the original halloween i saw it when i was like three because my mom was watching it and i kept sneaking into the living room to watch it with her and she kept telling me to go back to bed and then i just kept coming back in but obviously i don't really remember it that's just kind of what she says but i know halloween and scream were definitely the two that i first saw because i continue to watch them 
uh, you know, as my childhood kind of went on. So mm. yeah, Halloween's definitely the earliest one. That's cool that you saw like screams one of them because I just kind of re-became a little scream freak. Thanks to our friends mm. at, uh, shuttle the pod they they were going so crazy about scream six coming out and i'm a fan of when horror movies go certain places so if they go to space or i don't know new york i'm there for it and yeah d digging digging that 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 scream action but besides like sneaking in and out so i guess there was like a naughty sort of a naughty feeling of like oh i'm i'm watching this but i'm not really supposed to be what, what was it about like horror movies that i guess hooked you it's hard to even say. I, I just always loved being scared. Like, I always loved Halloween time. I've always loved, like, creepy ghost stories. I've always just really enjoyed being scared. You know, I would watch these movies barely actually watching them because I would have my hands over my eyes, like, the entire time. But I, I just couldn't get enough of it. And it's funny because, you know, like I just said, I would be hiding my eyes. So it's like I... I was terrified of them. So it's like, why do I like this? But I don't know. I've always been kind of lured in. I've, I've always found them very just entertaining and fascinating. And, you know, it was for, you know, at first my mom was like, eh, I don't know about this, but then she just, but my parents weren't very strict at all, like literally at all. They weren't strict at all. So she kind of just let me end up watching whatever I wanted uh she was like whatever you know she's she'll be fine and so it's not like I had to sneak around and watch all these films for long she ended up just starting to show me different movies that she enjoyed different slashers and stuff um of the 80s or even of the modern time which would have been like the early 2000s late 90s stuff like that so yeah I don't know I just always always liked to be creeped out by something even though it's like like I was scared of it, you know, I wouldn't watch it fully. Like other people were like, Oh, I'm not scared of anything. Me, I was scared, but I just kept going back to it for some reason. With like Halloween and and if we talked about this before on Joe Blow, forgive me, I don't remember, but is Halloween or Scream perhaps one of your favorites? Because I know for me, early horror films that I saw influenced me heavily. So like the Evil Dead, the original Evil Dead and the original Texas Chainsaw. As cliche as it is for a lot of horror fans to say that's their favorites, I'm one of them. Those are some of my favorites. Uh, new recent favorite, Skinnamarink, is ten out of ten. Um, you got any? You got any that you love? Like, like what? I guess I'm asking, what are your favorite horror movies? Yeah, so Halloween, Scream, they would definitely be in my top. They definitely are in my top ten um, of all time. Uh, I don't go back to them as much. When I was a kid, I could watch Halloween anytime. Now, as an adult, anything that's set on a holiday, I'd rather just watch around that holiday. Like, I don't feel like watching Halloween right now in the middle of March. I just don't. But when I was a kid, I would watch it over and over, scream over and over. So, yeah, same as you. It's like you're very nostalgic for these films. Um, but The Shining, I always say that's my favorite of all time uh psycho all the psycho movies besides you know the remake obviously I, I love those um i had the sequels like that pack with two three and four that dvd pack i used to watch that a lot growing up uh i know what you did last summer you know people like to hate on that movie but again nostalgia that's another one that i just grew up with um pretty much any of these like any film that my mom would show me back then uh is i would consider a favorite of all time like joyride the ring stuff like that Ooh. a lot of stuff that came out during like again the early 2000s that's kind of when i 
grew up. I am a youngin, but and then you know, '80s stuff. Uh, my mom showed me like Friday the Thirteenth and all that, all those you know, basic franchises and whatnot. So I yeah, love the love for Joyride that you just threw out there. I love that fucking movie. Yeah, I that's a very very. That movie. Re- it doesn't come up often, so that's cool that it did. Yeah. Steve Zahn yeah. and Paul Walker Coase. Yeah, it's very rewatchable for me. Um, I, I love road horror too, and I love movies that take place in like deserted areas and just road. So that that's always been one I've loved, along with like The Hitcher and you know stuff like that. So two questions. First question: Have you seen Bones and All? Yes. Did you enjoy that film? I did. Um, I you know I I kept kind of saying like oh it was a little more too romantic than I thought it was going to be as opposed to like horror it feels a lot more like a dark romance but I still think it was a great film it's one that I would love to go back and rewatch I mean I gave it an 8 out of 10 when I saw it so I did really enjoy it but I feel like on repeat viewings now that I see what it is uh, I would like it a lot more and uh, yeah that's a that's another that's a good modern sort of road film which I wasn't expecting really going into it. Uh, I didn't know what to expect going into that one. Actually, I thought it was going to be typical like vampire esque stuff or something, and it turned out to be kind of different, kind of unique. So that's what I really liked about it too. This I didn't know much much about it going into it, but I found out it was a road movie, and mm-hmm. I like road movies as well. Horror, horror or not, road trip movies are just fun. And then I then I saw the trailer and I'm like, okay, what the fuck is this? And it's Luca Guadagnino, so I, I was down to clown. Second question: We're doing something in our uh, in the nightclub Discord right now called the Boogie Down. It's just a it's just a tournament where we have different horror icons pinned against each other and they're fighting. You mentioned The Shining and Psycho as some of your favorites. Recently, we had Jack Torrance versus Norman Bates. Carly, who you got? Oh God. Who would win in like killing each other type of yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, let me hold on. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's let me think this through. Um, you know what? I think I think Norman would probably win because I mean Jack doesn't. He kind of sucks. Like he doesn't really accomplish <laughs> anything in The Shining. Like it, you know, kind of true. He doesn't really take care of business as Grady tells him to, and you he know, at the end, he can't kill his wife and a little kid. Yeah, so, like know. I mean, he kills old Scatman, unfortunately. But poor Scatman. Yeah, he didn't see it coming though. Like he just comes out of nowhere with the axe, so he didn't really have a yeah. fighting chance. So that that man, and he would probably underestimate Norman. Yeah, he would probably exactly. Underestimate Norman. Yeah. Like I think Jack is like scarier looking, intimidating. Norman Bates sure. is like this handsome young lad, and uh, you wouldn't expect it. But there, you, again, you he would underestimate him, and he would get fooled. And then he would get murdered. Then he would get stabbed by a dude in a dress. Right, yeah. Be very embarrassing all around. I, what, what I think is fucked up is that poor Scatman. That that Scatman flew all the way from Florida back to fucking Colorado. <laughs> just My to dad fucking... always used to, he always used to be like, I just took nine days to get here and I'm already dead. Like, he would always <laughs> make fun of that because it is hilarious. You get so many like cutbacks to him like, Taking an airplane, renting a vehicle, right. call, making all these calls just to show up and do nothing. I want to say real, it. real quick, fucking Cronenberg in the in the Discord. This is his little scenario. Cronenberg's been coming up with scenarios for each one of these these yes. death matches, and the one he did for Jack Torrance versus Norman Bates is as follows. He picked Norman. He said he would turn up dressed as his mother. Jack in full blown alcohol mode would think. 
who is this absolute vision that I see before me? Hugh Jack getting an <laughs> erection. And then it would happen. Norman would shout, surprise, motherfucker, and cut Jack's dick off. Jack running around shouting, Danny! Danny, Danny boy! <laughs> <laughs> Norman would uh, slide in for a second attack and stab Jack to death. As Jack lies bleeding on the ground, Norman leans in and whispers, Heath Ledger was a better Joker. <laughs> that was that was outstanding. I fucking love I love Cronenberg for these things. Like I swear, I, I look, he's a ten. He's big. He is. Um, I have a question, Carly. Since you like road movies, have you seen the Phantasm sequels? Yes, that's actually, that came in my head while I was talking about road movies, and I really enjoy all the Phantasm films. Right. first one is my fa- favorite out of them Same. all, but yeah. I mean, I think two, three, and four kind of run together to me, but in a good way, where, you know, Definitely. it feels like one big movie, and it's just an adventure. So, yeah, I love those films. Five is okay. Um, I think it's five is team. probably... It's... Yeah, I was blown away by how oh. awesome Five was. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> when I when you watch them all in succession, they just I don't know, they all just like become nines and tens out of nowhere. I don't just, know. <laughs> just the way, no just the way you watch them. Te- yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just like I've always liked them because I like the feel of all those people are friends with each other, and it just it feels like a bunch of buddies getting together to make these movies it feels like there's a lot of heart behind them so that's always really shown in those films and drawn me in what you just said is what came across to me while watching yeah. it that way it was like the heart but yeah behind these films i, I love it. it it shines through it really does mm-hmm. phantasms be mm-hmm. in case you're listening we love you gloria i've only seen five twice i gotta give that one another another go because i saw it in the theater when it came out um, oh shit yeah, that was. Oh, wow. They played. It was at a one of those, you know. It was a theater that was like near the Pittsburgh area, and it was like a 1920s old fashioned theater. It, it was cool. They played like the. It was whenever Phantasm got remastered too. They played Phantasm the week prior, and then like a week later, they played Phantasm Five. So that was a really seeing Phantasm on the big screen in general. That was like one of my favorite experiences oh. ever. And I've seen a imagine. lot of movies. Yeah, I've seen a lot of like classic horror on the big screen, and that one always sticks out for me. But I liked it. I, I remember liking the first half a little bit better than the second half. And then the second go around, I watched it at home, and same thing, but it grew on me a little bit more. But I want to go back and watch all those movies together. That's what I got to do. I don't want to be heading towards a city with those fucking giant ass balls floating over it, though. Yeah. God right. damn. I mean that ending like even if even if you, the the film might not be a 10 but it is uh that ending <laughs> shot that in, that final shot of the Kuda, you know, barreling towards basically doom that shit is fucking sci-fi dystopian cosmic kookiness. I love it. Hell yeah. Mhm. A, a car full of fucking ghosts basically. It's and all man's be. This thing that we doing right here though, this this thing podcasting I know you as a podcaster. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for the fucking life of me, and I might cut this out, I cannot fucking find Slumber Party Massacre podcast anywhere. I can't find Basket Case. Where are they? Um. Okay. Yeah, I've heard multiple people say that. Um, the Slumber Party Massacre is actually under the Cut to the Chase feed now. We were on Dark Discussions, and then Lacey and Dan um, ended up 
just kind of going independent with their show and then Lacey does all the editing and stuff on our show so she has been putting it under the cut to the chase feed so yeah unfortunately I've heard multiple people say like yeah slumber party doesn't seem to exist so we need to try to figure out a better way to get that out there well now that I know now that I know that the link directly to that will be in the show notes I'll find it now that I know it's under the cut to the chase banner um Yeah, so you are – and what what happened to the Basket Case podcast? Is that thing still going? Uh, what's the Basket Case podcast? It's it's something that you, according to Google, are associated with. Basket Case podcast. I might okay. – I, I covered Basket Case. On, uh... <laughs> it wasn't a film. It's the, It was – you were on um, Horror Makes Us Happy, I think was the name of the show. They credited you in parentheticals with Slumber Party Massacre and Basket Case, and I'm like – I can't. So okay, fuck that. Yeah, some of this is. Yeah, fuck co- that. I'm not sure why. Um, <laughs> that might. Yeah, that must be a. I, I mean, I've covered that on shows before. Maybe they got confuzzled. And they might have got confuzzled. We're not throwing shade at whoever they are. Well, another news. I just got a basket case tattoo the other day. What? Um, I was at a horror convention and I there was a tattoo artist there and he had a Belial in the basket. Um, and I was like, I want. I would I, I like this drawing. Let's get that tattooed. So now oh, I yeah. have a Belial tattoo on my leg. We're covering that movie coming up with our buddy yeah, Trevor. Where can, cool. see, where can we see the ink? Is it on Instagram or anything like that? Yeah, um, it's on. You can add me on Facebook under Carly Sonnefeld. I haven't posted on there. I, yeah, I haven't posted on there, and it's on Instagram too, which it's just Carly Allison three one seven on there. Okay, well, I, I I didn't know, and that was something that I wanted to clarify because. I lo- I like to share everyone's you know stuff when they when they come on and I I was kind of panicking and I'm like well I'm gonna have to just ask her because I cannot find this shit. <laughs> right. I, I, I found the link that you're talking about. Oh, and you, you miss you you didn't say the name of that podcast network correctly earlier. You, Wait, what? Yeah, you, you were part of the Doc Discussions Network. The Doc Discussions. <laughs> 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 but I did find that link and I'm like the last episode was from 2001. There ain't no way this is right. <laughs> <laughs> god damn so yes listeners uh links in the show notes to that but this is something we did talk about on joe blow and i want some updates please uh you're also a budding actress and i've seen i've pulled up that you've been in um natasha Knighty's boudoir of blood 2 and there's a 2023 film called shingles the movie is that out yet um, I just got a screener link for it the other day, and um, to be honest, I play a literally such a minuscule ro- role in that, but I'm literally like the first scene of the movie. Um, but that was a lot of fun. That was a Steve Rudzinski film. He's a really cool local to Pittsburgh guy. He did like the Karis Hell movies and stuff like that. Um, that's like an anthology style movie, Shingles, as well as that Natasha Knighty film. That's also an anthology. Is that my tattoo? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fucking rad. Yeah, that's yeah it's rad. That is rad as hell. Thanks. <laughs> I love it. I had to do it. It was my birthday weekend. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just drop all the money right now and just get a tattoo at this oh, convention. Well, happy late birthday. Thanks. Yes. That it's your something. birthday. Day, and we, we want, want you, you to have fun. fun. It's your birthday. Do I okay. get like a cake or something like they do at restaurants when they come we'll, out? And we'll sing? mail you some boudin. We'll mail you some dead crawfish. Gifts, um, <laughs> gifts, gifts from the south. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I could, I could smell it now. <laughs> 
they're not really gifts just for the record <laughs> we're like we're like cats we just bring you dead shit we mean well we, we mean that well now now look at my butt amazing yeah. <laughs> now look at my butt damn look it that thing i brought you aren't you happy yeah. right <laughs> the um <laughs> the film because this is the film you mentioned last time or last i spoke with you was bathtub shark attack yes, yes. is this gem out because I, I didn't see it it's coming it's uh it's gonna be out june i think 10th is when the director said that she'll be having a premiere of it in a theater and then it's going to be also playing at a gross fest convention that's like a local convention in august but the moral of the story is it shall be out in like the summertime so yeah i'm pretty excited but also nervous because it's like so everyone's like it's like been hyped and it's like the director's baby and i'm like i hope i did a good job in it and it's just yeah for the yeah, listeners, so, can you give us a little a little synopsis? All right. So it's pretty much exactly what it sounds like. Um, it's uh, basically a down-on-their-luck uh, couple moves into this really cheap uh, apartment complex. Seems too good to be true. And there is something lurking within the pipes of the place. Dun-dun-dun. Oh. And it's a shark. Oh, that's that's the best. I'm already in. So, yeah, it is a shot on video film. I will say that. Nice. So, I like that. Okay, cool. Um, it should be pretty <laughs> gory. Uh, it's it obviously it's gonna be like horror comedy. Um, and it was a lot of fun to make, and there were a lot of just funny moments on the set. And uh, yeah, we had a great time with that. So I hope I hope it turns out amazing. Um, that Natasha Knighty thing I did. Uh, I did a segment called Trash Removal on that, and that was also with the same director, Madeline Deering, and uh. She's just, she's really good at what she does. She knows what she's doing. She has the vision and her films are very, she also did Spirit Animal. That was her like debut a few years ago. And I wasn't involved with that. That was before I knew her and I watched it and it's really good, you know, independent movies, you never know, but she knows how to like trim the fats and just make an all around entertaining film. So I'm hoping Bathtub turns out just as good. Last year, we were huge fans of Shark Side of the Moon and Sharkula. And I, look, oh, yeah. I, uh, Time out. <laughs> what? What's we? <laughs> well, if you're scared, go to church. You know you had fun watching Shark, Shark Side, Side of the Moon. Moon. has grown on me. Sharkula has not. The master yeah. is not happy right now. The master's not happy with you. You I, son I of a bitch. When, when Dracula is taking a midday stroll through a grassy meadow in full sunshine, you fucking lost me. He's a daywalker, <laughs> man. He's like Blade. He's Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Uh, he, oh, he, well, he ain't no Blade. <laughs> okay, Blade Some master. motherfuckers always want to ice skate fucking, uphill. Fucking old homie <laughs> that came to play Dracula was no Blade. <laughs> Not even a little bit. <laughs> well, that's, God, this, I hate that movie. Okay, let's move on. This is dope, though. Like, I, I'm down for more crazy shark movies because oh, yeah. I want to see meth. What is it? Meth, cocaine sharks or meth sharks or something? Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, dude, they got a they got a crack raccoon movie now, bro. <laughs> they doing all kind of shit <laughs> now, bro. Yeah, they really rolled with that. Mathgator, yeah, Mathgator's gonna yes, be good. And Crackoon, Crackoon was the movie. Yeah, yeah, like wow. Did you guys That's see cool. Cocaine Bear? I have not. Yet. I haven't seen it yet. I can't wait though. It was actually wildly entertaining. I did not think I was going to like it. Wild and... as hell! It was so fun. I yeah. 
low expectations going in, and then I started watching, and I'm like, oh my god, they're going to do everything that I thought they weren't going to do, and it was just rad as hell. Yep. So many fun characters. There's a lot of laugh out loud moments, and it's actually pretty like it's pretty gory at times too. Like it's oh, very bloody. Yeah, the the park rangers and then the kids. Yeah, the kids. The kids like we well we should try cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like things that you wouldn't think that they could do, like in a movie today, like kids eating. Yeah, like a mainstream. By Elizabeth Banks too. I mean, it's like I, it's gonna be. It's gonna end up being one of the year's gems. I think. I want to snort some cocaine off that bear. If you know what I mean. For you, it's just it's just Andra. Huh? Ugh. Gross. That's the grossest thing that anyone said all night. Um, <laughs> don't be gross. <laughs> don't be gross, Brent. This is a classy show. Um, yeah, we're professionals. Since mm-hmm. when? <laughs> when did that? Start? Since day one, motherfucker. I apparently haven't read the new employee handbook that I wrote. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've lost my job like fifty times. I don't know what to do. Most time, most of the time you get fired, you also get promoted. So that's how it goes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hashtag bass backwards. Hashtag you hired us wrong. Yeah. do here tonight is for fans of i want to say films kind of like the vibes that this movie gave me were sort of and this is on a rewatch because i've seen last shift before sort of dark and wicked autopsy of jane doe a little bit of hell house llc when this when this movie started to like really pick up i was pretty interested from the start but when it really started to pick up and it really got like really into the cult stuff mm-hmm. and admittedly i didn't i didn't see the end coming so that that's always fun for me when I don't see the end. This was a first-time watch for you, Grunhouse? Watch for me, yep. Okay. Really fucking good. <laughs> uh, Rickles? Second time. And Carly, you, you've seen this before, right? You were supposed to cover it elsewhere, you said? Yeah. Um, I was actually going to do it on a show for, uh, I think it was like a Hidden Gems type show, actually. Um, this was probably my fourth time watching this, I would say. I had forgot how it ended, so I was pleasantly surprised about that, too. It got me twice. Nice, a nice good fuck you ending. Hell yeah, a good fuck you ending. Those are the best. Mm-hmm. For tonight's midnight ritual, what you're gonna want to do is you're gonna want to join a cult. Piss <laughs> on the floor. All over your fucking sore ridden feet. Shit the bathroom and stack some rolling chairs. And, and carve a goddamn upside down pentagram in your face, cause uh, if you have not seen tonight's film, Last Shift, cry off now. <sighs> you bastards. Why are you torturing me like this? Why?
Last Shift is a 2014 American psychological horror film directed by Anthony de Blasi. I'm going to go ahead and say right now, it's way more than a psychological horror film, but that's definitely yeah. a huge aspect. The film was written by de Blasi and Scott Poily. Poily, I think I'm saying that name right. Both of whom produced along with Mary Poily. So I guess Scott and Mary are brother, sister, husband, wife, or cousins. Maybe they're some cousins. It'd be dope yeah. if they're not even related. Just the Poily yeah. team. Juliana Harkavi stars as rookie police officer um, Jessica Lauren. So for the duration of this, I'm just calling her rookie or Lauren because they never say Jessica, I don't think. I like rookie. I think rookie works. Yeah. Uh, Joshua Mikkel as John Michael Payman, the cult leader daddy. He's that He's that dancing flame fucking crippling wave bad boy. That dude straight up says, I'm going to rape your humanity until you beg for me or until you plead for forgiveness. forgiveness. Yeah, yeah, I was like, holy shit. He gets a Nightclub Academy Award for saying that line. Um, Hank Stone as Sergeant Cohen. I will talk a, a, about this motherfucker. Jayla Rose as the homeless man. So there's your homeless boy. He's big. Piss bum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is literally a piss bum, dude. He's actually oh a piss bum. Carly, yeah. are there piss bums over by you? Uh, th- What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> piss bombs, just bums. Out just bums that pee everywhere, oh, just, I guess. Yeah, we don't, don't call know. them piss bums, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, of course there's bombs places. Mm-hmm. N- Natalia, or, oh, excuse me, Natalie. Oops, I fucked that one up. Vic- Natalie Victoria, she got two first names. She plays Marigold, who I assume is a prostitute. Yeah, I think so. I yep. think so, yeah. Hanging out by the police station of all places. Mm-hmm. In the back of it by the dumpster. Having a schmoke and a pancake. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, we got some other people that round out the cast, including including Matt Doman as Ryan Price. I, 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 I can't say easy names tonight. Normally I can't say names no one can if they're not from that country, but tonight I can't even say regular names. You're trying um, too hard. Yeah. I know, I know. I think I. Like I you went I... Natalia, like the Italian. Like, no. Natalia. <laughs> it is normally because sometimes we're covering, again, it, we, we cover a lot of films that. This is Natalia. She is my sister. <laughs> not yeah. the you don't have to do that. I know, I know. I've got. I'm in. I'm in fucking fall. We're not covering a, a giallo tonight, bro. Like come no, on ge- now. We're not doing a gelato. We're not, not doing gelatos. All right, cool. De Blasi wanted to make a smaller, contained film that focused on atmosphere, and uh, he nailed that. He definitely nailed atmosphere. I'd mm-hmm. say. And it says sound design. I'm getting I'm getting this shit from Wikipedia. Yeah, uh, sound design too. Yeah, good. The film was designed to be experienced from Harvkey's point of view. Harkavi. I keep fucking up her name. Yeah, Carly, you're making me nervous. Stop that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which, man. Which keeps the audience Rude. wondering whether the events are. <laughs> I'm listening very contently here. <laughs> we're si- we're sending her dead crawfish and blaming her for me fucking names though. We're awesome, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. We ha- Brent Brent is the <laughs> Brent is the honorary Canadian. He's just over here saying he's sorry. Um <laughs> shooting took place in Sanford, Florida at an abandoned police station. So that's a little bit of trivs right there. There actually was a new police station that had been built, so they they lucked out. Just like the plot was following real life or real life was it's pretty imitating cool. art. That's yeah. Cool. De Blasi said influences include 
action film Assault on Precinct 13. That's that oh, Carpenter fuck yeah. jam. Fuck yeah. A Nightmare on Elm Street, which there's a scene pulled directly that's from. Right. A, yeah, yeah. There's there's a scene in this movie that's right from the, the pages of that that script. And the Charles Manson documentary, Manson, which I've never seen, but I'm also like a Manson family Nothing like I, I want to say fanatic, but I'm not like into into their cult, but I'm into the story and 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 everything else. Yeah, they were kind of Mansonish. Yeah, he was definitely that yeah. Manson daddy. Here's a little. I got a few a few bits of trivia, and then we'll get into our scene by scene. The name Payman is taken from the demon king Payman. Payman is one of the kings of hell, more obedient to Lucifer than other kings. But see, pay, the John Payman in the film says that. Uh, Lucifer's a clipped wing cocksucker, so payment is seems to me to be like the real big bad in hell. So I don't know. It's respectful. Yeah, that motherfucker is throwing shade on fucking Lucifer. I guess mm. the real the, that real devil dad is gonna spank that ass. Mm-hmm. The letter, the letters on. Oh no, I'm not gonna read that bit. We'll get to it in the the thing. You know what? No, I'm gonna save those these other. I got one bit of trivia, and it was just about Payman. Payman's a fucking subservient king of hell, but not at the nightclub. At the nightclub, Payman almost reigns supreme. I think Zalgo's got a little bit of a little bit on him. I don't know, man. Pazuzu, fuck Pazuzu. Yeah, no, I think Zalgo. 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 Hell, Zalgo. Got the belt right now. Zalgo has the belt. Right now. Pazuzu is the lord of the air and shit bro like zalgo holds a dead star in one hand and a candle that emits darkness in the other are you serious right now okay i'm not trying to take that away from zalgo but pazuzu he got a beak and he got them wings i don't like where this is going i'm gonna have to throw it in the boogie down somehow (laughs) let's boogie (laughs) down let's 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 dive into last ship So this movie opens with Lauren, Jessica Lauren, the rookie. She's rookie she cop. Bae. She is Bay. She's Bay big time. This is like she gave me. She gave me those um, Amber Mid Mid Thunder vibes. Uh, Carly, did you see Prey? No, I don't believe so. What? You gotta check that it's out. It's an all right movie. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's decent. It was his it was number, my one. number one for last <laughs> yeah. year. Uh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> as, in a, as in a 50-pound sack of $100 bills is an all right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that movie is fucking dope as shit. It's a 10, if you ask me. It's a 10. Oh, it's a 10. It's my favorite Predator movie. I'll just put it there. Damn, okay. Put put her there, pal. That's my favorite Predator movie. <laughs> put her there. The whole thing just starts out, and she's, when she's in the cop car, you know, and she's just, it's such a it's such a weird scene. And it reminds me of the void. Yeah. Yeah, does, big time. Does, but when she's like talking to her mom and she's you know, and her mom's just giving her this rational shit about what she's doing and you don't really understand why she's doing it, but it feels it feels a little bit to me like like your mom on your first day, but your mom doesn't approve of your you know, your selected uh, job field and she's just like 
I don't think you should be an oil worker or whatever. And she just, she's giving you shit because it's dangerous and whatever else. And you don't figure out until much later why mom has such an issue with things. But it was really a good scene. Just the whole, I need to get to it. I, I, have, I have to go. I'm going to be late. And, she hangs up on her mother. Yeah. We've all done. Like, I got to go. Whoop. Something about hanging up on the mom is harsh. It's like a she, said, she said, I love you, bye. Yeah, yeah. She did, but yeah. I mean, she also still did just kind of like she clicked her after that. You know? Yeah, I know. I can't. I can't do that to my mom. I just no. can't. I couldn't either. I would. I, I wait for thirty seconds after my mom is done talking, and I know she's hung up before I like put my phone down. So. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, you so. wouldn't dare. My dad does this cute thing where he uh he waits for you to hang up first. Oh. Yeah, I always thought that was like, oh, dad. Yeah, after after she tells mom like, "Hey, mom, don't worry, everything's gonna be okay." We meet motherfucking Sergeant Cohen and this guy, this motherfucker, bruh. So we, the first time you see him, she's walking into the the abandoned police station and she hears some noise. He comes from out of nowhere, screaming and cursing. He's having he's having to thrakah him, and yeah, he's got a thrakah bed. Oh yeah, and he's banging on a door and some shit. She calls out to him or something. And he's like, "Hey, hey." Stop right there. Turn around. So I did not catch this until this watch. So whether it's my third or fourth or whatever, I know why he told her to turn around and I'm going to save that for later. But I know why I think I know why he told her to turn around. Um, So he's yelling at her and this is really off putting because then he walks right up to her and it's like the most casual hello you've ever seen in a handshake. Like I'm Sergeant Cohen. I'm your commanding officer. I was like, what kind of tonal shift is this in the acting? And the first right. time I saw it, it confused me. But the acting is so strong throughout the movie. I really think I know why he told her to turn around, and that kind of makes this scene work better for me. Well, but yeah, th- it's, the, it's kind of the start of she is either the biggest badass ever in the history of one of these types of movies, or, and I, I don't know which one it is yet. I've only seen it once. So I'm going to watch it again. She is the most oblivious character in the history of one of these kind of movies. Because nothing rattles her. And that first scene with him beating that locker, and then he comes out, and he's like, stand there. He's like, turn around. And he's like, I didn't say leave. I mean, it's just, it's so off-putting, and it gets you, like, it tips you back on your heels right from the gate, and you spend the whole movie trying to lean back on your feet, and you never quite get there. When he walks up to her, too, I, I laugh my ass off because he's yelling at her from underneath his mustache that it looks like a fucking broom. <laughs> Or something. <laughs> it's just like, God damn, dude, what are you doing with this caterpillar stash? <laughs> this is one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. He he's showing her around the station and he brings her into this room and she's like, you know, why am why am I here? Why didn't y'all just hire security? And the dude's like, You were brought here to guard this. And it's yeah. he's like, There's enough hazardous material in here to make Chernobyl look like bird shit on a windowsill. Tonight, every hardened criminal is going to try to get in here, and the only thing stopping them is you. You got to save this city from fucking annihilation. And she's just sitting there looking at him. And maybe to Brent's point, I'd have to, I'd have to rewatch that scene again. But I don't remember her being. Maybe she was a little frazzled, a little. She, yeah, she, she makes, she's like looking around at it, but that's like kind of it. And then, like she, he just kind of breaks. Then he's like, "Oh, I'm messing with you," and she's like, "Ha." <laughs> I know, oh, yeah. but she looks like she's gonna. She looks like she's just like, oh shit. Well, okay. I guess that's what I'm here for. He pulls yeah, a big was... Borat, and he's like, not. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first, the first solid like assault on precinct thirteen vibe that you get from the movie. 
Like he like he literally spoon fed it to you, and it was a little bit over the top, but like for me, kind of fun too. I think Sergeant Cohen and later on Officer Price are like our little um not Officer Price. I'm sorry, Natalia. I'm just gonna call her Natalia. Uh, you get you get little little bits of cre- creepy from her too, but but some comic relief. It, it turns out that he's yeah he's fucking with her like like Carly was saying it's revealed. This room is really just full of like fucking needles and bloody shitty clothing and stuff. Like it's, it's really all it is. So she's just there to I I don't even fucking know Guard why the shitty clothing. Yeah. Well, because it was a biohazard thing. So as they're as they're leaving, they have to clean up the biohazard. Well, yeah, that guy's coming to. Yeah, she's there to kind of. Yeah. She's there to uh, facilitate those people when they fucking get there. Apparently. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like if you if you've never worked in an environment where there's ever been a biohazard, it doesn't make a ton of sense. But if you've worked in an environment where there can be biohazards, it actually makes perfect sense. That shit you have to take care of. It's required by law and by statute and by policy and by. Another goddamn thing out there. There's a there's a company called Stericycle that goes around and picks up all that shit from hospitals and doctors' offices and stuff. Um, yeah, when, you, when to, you're in your doctor's office and you see that little case on the side of the wall that has the little slidey thing, that's yeah. the shit they pick up. Turns out sticking your hand in there is a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hashtag Hep C. Don't judge <laughs> me. Sergeant Cohen fucking rolls the fuck out and he's like, "Look, here's my number." Call me if you have to, but basically, like, don't call me. Uh, right. Lord, don't Lord, call me, maybe. <laughs> he don't want to kiss that girl, and this is this, but this shit is crazy. Officer Laura notices lights are blinking and just kind of being a little creepy. Okay, a little creepy light blinking, but then she receives a disturbing distress call from this voice that's saying, "I think they're all dead." And um, fuck. Okay, what do I do? Call the new police station. Um, all the calls are being rerouted to the new police station, so she shouldn't have even have gotten that phone call. This doesn't get us anywhere, but it's pretty fucked up, and I would be panicking in that moment if I was her. So oh, yeah. also, to Grindhouse's point... Like, what do I do? <laughs> after she figures out there ain't nothing she can do, I mean, I don't know, though, like, what does what does a person do if you can't do anything and you have to stay there, and you don't know where this call is coming from? You can't... I guess you can't just sit there and chew your fingernails, you know? You just... Whatever. I guess okay. something will happen. Yeah. yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's your it's your first day on the job. You want to make a good impression. Yeah. You've given an assignment that you know basically sucks, but you don't want to do poorly at it. You know, you want to see this old place out, and you want to go into the new place with a little bit of a shining star on your chest. Yeah. So that piece of it, I get. Yeah, that's I what lie, I, I, I just took a long nap. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky would have slept through the whole demonic possession. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. That's what I like though about this girl, like um, Travis, like you said, she kind of is like unshaken the whole movie. But it kind—it reminds me of me. Like anytime I like start a new job or something, it's like you feel like you're not allowed to be scared or nervous or anything. So you just you kind of pretend to be all serious, and you know she takes that call and she's real serious about it. And then she does just she, she gets like no information, but she calls the real police station and is like. Oh, this is you know Sergeant Laura. We got a possible 1084p dip, blah 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 blah, and it's like okay, lady, good good for you. They're gonna be <laughs> right, like, look, they, this they girl taking a- charge. It makes me think of like, what if someone right out the army got hired at McDonald's and they go in there and he's like, all right, I need you to grill these hamburgers, sir, yes, sir, and they yeah. just fucking start getting after it. I'm like, oh yeah, seriousville. Right. In the next scene, Lauren Sandwich needs a fucking trim. This is gross. Oh. This is gross. Okay. I 
I just about lost it. I find hair in my food all the time. Most of the time, it's mine. I don't know. Hair anywhere. <laughs> hair anywhere. I can, if I, it skeeves me out. Even if I know or I'm the only. from my dogs or cats. I have hair everywhere. It's awful. Even if I know I'm the only person in the environment and I see like a hair on the sink or wherever, I'm automatically skeeved. It just it just bugs the shit out of me. So people eating hair or if I find hair on my food, yeah, it's fucked up. And this scene is fucked up. This scene is fucked she had to up. Do the, she had to do the grandma yarn pull on that one where you pull it up. <laughs> oh, oh, that, oh, yeah, that's that's pretty gross. It reminded me of something out of like uh, Ring, right? Uh, Where it's Perkins. Yeah, that's what I was gonna Ooh. say. Oh, that too. Yeah, the Hansel and Gretel movie. Yeah, they've done it. They've done ago. it. They've done that in multiple films, and it bothers me in every single one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. I like that she throws the sandwich in the garbage. Too. Yeah, fuck that whole She's sandwich. Like, yeah, she threw I, the tray too, man. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I do though. Some people are just like, eh, they just brush it along and just keep eating. I can't. Mm-hmm. I need to throw away my entire like kitchen when that happens. I just... <laughs> just burn the house down. Yeah, it, it's like finding a spider in your shower. Like you just <laughs> oh. ruin my whole appetite. It's off oh. limits. I... It's like one wrinkle in her armor, like through the whole movie, where she actually sort of bent down to the like what the average person would do. The rest of the time, there are so many times in this movie where I would have been like, "Fuck this, I'm out." Just look here, dude. I'm I'm fucking gone. And she was like. No, it's my first day. I'm going to be a badass, and I'm going to investigate, and I'm going to do uh, for a character, and just I I loved her demeanor. I loved her fucking nose up. I'm going in fucking demeanor the whole time. She's a tough. She's a tough one. Oh, but God. if I would have seen that poopy bathroom, I'd have been like, no, <laughs> I'm going to pee on the floor next to where the bum peed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. Okay, hold on. Yeah, because that's another scene, and it's it's right after the next one. But real quick. Spiders also creep me the fuck out. If I saw a spider in my food, I would probably just go straight to hell. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't even have to die. I would just go to hell. <laughs> I would, get, I would be I like just phase through the floor. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking demons would come out the ground like on Drag Me to Hell, and that Lamia would be dancing across the room. <laughs> I would just go. Down. They'd come get no. They would come get you like in Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. my. I will give you I will give you a 30 second story, Travis. So I have a favorite snack. My favorite snack oh. of all time is the be yucky. What is my that? Favorite, favorite pretzel snack. pretzel sticks? Yeah, butter flavored pretzel sticks. Okay. Oh, I'm down. Those are good. Yeah. I couldn't eat these for about five years, and you wanna know why? No. Why? I went to my cupboard one day. <laughs> Might have had a couple of cocktails, whatever. Wanted a snack, pulled out a handful of pretzels and was eating said pretzels. But, like, my arm was all tingly. <laughs> spiders had made a nest inside my bag of pretzels, and I was eating spiders. Oh, no! So no! I, I promptly threw up on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and I could not even look at a pretzel. I looked at a pretzel like it was the tax man. <laughs> it was awful. But now I'm, now I'm back in business. It was so horrible. Oh, my God, it was so horrible. How did I'm, you live? Yeah, I, I would actually to... slit my wrist, I think. I, I want to I go to hell right now after hearing that grind. Yeah, I'm like trying not to vomit at the moment. Ah, damn. Dude, like if a spider's in the toilet, it's his toilet now. I, I don't want it in there. <laughs> well, we, I think we've seen how that works, Ricky. I think you own your toilet. I oh, bruh. Spiders, the bugs stay away from my toilet. Lauren becomes bored and basically falls the fuck asleep. 
but she gets woken up when she hears a knocking sound and she finds this is we've been talking about the piss bum this is piss bum scene mm-hmm. homeboy is just in the hallway pissing all over his leprosy feet Those, <laughs> <laughs> that boy's feet was like only fans material if you're a Big crackhead, time. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> crackhead only fans. That was diabetes feet all day long. Ew. Gnarly. He had some. He, that boy had that boy had a nice pair of Brimleys on, didn't he? Oh, he had a nice <laughs> pair of Brimleys. <laughs> oh, I'm walking in Wilfred's, cuz. <laughs> um, Wilfred Brimley is B. Usually, though, when he was when he was doing that, and then the fluid was rolling up. There was something about that that was just like, yeah, it literally just kind of went, ugh. I'm I'm slowly realizing this movie has more gross shit in it than I thought it kind of did because, yeah, I think it's front-loaded with with what's going to make me feel squeamish-ish, but uh, yeah, yeah, this is nasty. I think you're right, but this is another one of those. I couldn't be a cop. I would have smacked that dude as soon as I saw him peeing (laughs) on the floor. (laughs) But another one of her, like, super... Straight faced, I have a thing to do responses. She mm-hmm. puts him outside, she puts his shoes outside, then she goes and gets a fucking mop. I mean, uh, like, yeah, and just like, because she's not going to let anything ruin this. And that's a, <laughs> honestly one of the things I love about her. She is such a stone oh, yeah. badass. She's so stone faced. I love it. The whole movie, she's so stone faced. The stoic rookie. She, this is this is Ricky's favorite scene. She then encounter. she smells first the bathroom. And then walks into it, and goddamn, everything is covered in shit. She don't clean the bathroom, does she? No. Gets out the mop, starts mopping the ceiling. (laughs) She goes all fucking Willis Wonderland on it. Well, there's got to be a point though. After you mop up the bum's piss, then you go go like fuck this and just close the door. (laughs) Just like I'm not going back in here. Nope. I've I've seen I've been in some trucker bathrooms. Okay. Yeah, bro. I work over the road. And I've seen things, but nothing. No, Art, Art the Clown would be impressed with this fucking oh, masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That he would walk in there and he'd start clapping his hands silently. Oh, yeah. it, it would be amazing. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, I I saw a at a truck stop in Ireland. Oh, no. Ireland. Oh, okay. no. We stopped for gas and, for gas <laughs> and to use the bathroom. And the guy mumbled something to us as we went inside. Because you have to get to the bathroom through the garage, but it, it was—it's honestly like, like the start of like uh, the hills have eyes, or maybe like even Joyride. And the guy was mumbling something, and what it turned out he was mumbling is that sometimes people poop in the urinal, and he was absolutely right. Sometimes oh. people poop in the urinal. He left a mud monkey in the urinal. <laughs> a little Duke dragon. Oh, no. This was not a mud monkey. This was a silverback gorilla. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, and the, like, so I went oh and I told my wife about it. And she's no. like, no, I'll just hold it. I'll just hold it. <laughs> Back on the road we got. It was. Oh. Amazing! Just oh my god! Uh, like not like an amazing in a good way, but just amazing. Like I'm glad I was alive to experience that. I thought you were gonna say that you saw like a diarrhea mosaic or something, but that was even better. No, no, no. this was um. I I drive for a living and I eat six cans of chili a day with one loaf of bread, so it makes it <laughs> no, bro, no. It's a thing. Oh, oh my god! god. Horrid. Just okay. Welcome so, to the poop club. <laughs> yeah, this tonight where it's nothing but shit tastic shenanigans here. 
It's a shit-tasm, boy. <laughs> <laughs> After this, we get a wholesome scene, okay, finally. Um, something that we can latch our hearts onto. Lauren investigates Locker 25, which uh, it, the movie doesn't say it, but uh, I'll say it for the movie. That's her, her locker for that station because she finds a photo of her father in there. Or no, that was her father's locker, excuse father's me. Locker. That's her father's locker. And she finds a, a photograph of her and her father when she was a little, little girl. And when she turns it over, it says, Dad and Ch- Chuddle, uh, uh, Cuddlebug, Cuddlebug at the park. I almost said Chuddlebug. <laughs> oh, I saw that. Shout out to Chuddle yeah. the Pod. Again, <laughs> second shout out. Hello and welcome to a brand new promo for Chuddle the Pod. Join me, Brian. I'm Sam. And I'm Ross. My video roundup brings us to the Slaughterhouse of Cinema, where I cover horror movies that range from the serious to schlock. Tune in and check out Chuddle the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. This I like this scene. It she almost pockets the picture, but then we get this is genuinely to me the first real scare of the movie like that or at least it spooked me out out of nowhere all of the lockers in the room are suddenly wide the fuck open wide open yeah, yeah. i do yeah, that I to the cabinets to... sometimes in the kitchen <laughs> <laughs> i just open all the fucking cabinets and leave them open with the sixth well, sense yeah and that was right. the first Ooh. the first super creepy like legitimate paranormal moment mm-hmm. where she just she opens the one locker and she's playing with the picture in the back and then she leans out and they're all open I mean, that was maybe not like like a solid scare, but it made all my fucking hair stand up. Like, ooh. Mm. And this, this movie did. I'd say bit. if your hair stood up, then you were solidly scared. If you, yeah. if you, got, if you got them free songs, cuh? Yeah. Yeah, mm. when you get the free songs, you scared, cuh? Mm-hmm. I just call it the creeps. I got the creeps. That, that, that was the free songs. That was, that was the fucking creeps all day long. Yeah. And just, again, she's just like, well, hmm. Fuck it. This, well, yeah, that's strange. odd. Yeah, Gee Willikers. I don't remember that. opening all of these in succession. <laughs> Jinkies, I've got Alzheimer's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I I love this character and how and she just does not get rattled. She's just not gonna fuck this up, and I love that about this character is that she's just not gonna do it. She's gonna she's gonna stand her post. She's gonna do her job. And yeah, this weird shit's happening, whatever else. But she she gonna... is the rookie cop Naru from fucking Prey, man. She is there to yeah. do the goddamn thing. Yeah. She is going to get her what they call that, Rick. The first the first hunt. Well, how do they oh, say that, dude? I don't. I don't. I, I wish speak I, I very wish, much Comanche. I, I wish I remember what they called it, man. Oh god! Oh, I finally remember the name of that planet. It's the Orange Tootsie. Carly, go watch. That's Prey. the orange. That's the orange. Okay. Uh, Want me to go right now? No, 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 no. All right, bye. No, bye. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right, final thoughts and ratings so Carla can watch oh, Prey. You had that coming, Jess. <laughs> oh, shit. I love how much Brent loves that she wants to leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the orange Badusi. Because if she does, I mean, I can do it. Couldn't remember oh, what it was called. The orange Badusi, because... Oh shit! I think that's what Brian called it because no, <laughs> I don't know. Someone called it that because they couldn't remember what it was called. <laughs> Monica calls back. By the way, we get we get Monica chiming in again. How many phone <laughs> calls are in this fucking movie? Dude, A lot. Too many. Too many. It does. Happen. I was like, Boy, man, hang up on her, bro. <laughs> oh, see, I love it. I love the I love Monica Young calling and just the 
the build because it, as the rookie cop, it gives her something to do besides guard the almost set to be demolished forward. I mean, How are you fu- going to hang up on your mom, but you're not going to hang up on fucking Monica? Well, Monica's about to die, to be fair. Her mom's just old, so maybe she's about to die, but who knows? I think I think the phone call is a is a uh, plot device in this film. So I'm I'm poking yeah, fun, but I time. also at the same time kind of dig that this is how they chose to tell the story, especially with an isolation film like this. And you've right. only got you've only got one character for the most part, right? Holding yeah. this it's entire tough to tell story, a story like that. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that whole front desk that that whole front desk is her north star. That's where she goes back to figure out where she's at. It's so, almost like Gerald's game too, though, where like they said it was unfilmable because it's one character in one place, and it's like, how do you shoot something like this? Yeah. But but my God, they put well, Mike Flanagan pulled that off, and I think Anthony De Blasi did a great job here. Oh yeah. But I still think that the phone ringing is almost like a like a reset of the tension. But now we're gonna get a little bit more information because if she does every phone call, she gets a little bit more information. Yeah. This Mike. time you hear the you hear like she says, "I hear pigs." Right. That's a poke at where she's at, though. She's at the police station, so she can hear pigs. I don't think we know it yet, but that's what I thought about. It's like, okay, I can hear pigs, and it's like, I, I, I always kind of thought that this character was somebody who was probably inside the station. So when she says, I can hear pigs, it's like, well, she can hear her. I hope I remember later to say this, because I already forgot the first thing I was holding till later. But, um... <laughs> But there's a there is actually a reason why she says she can hear pigs, and it's going to come up. Um, you said when... there's a reason the dude tells her to turn around at the yes, beginning. Yes, yes, I'll get to that when we talk about Officer Price and um, this scene. What Grindhouse is talking about, where she can hear pigs, a cult member later describes something that I think this girl Monica heard right after she reveals her pig information. The call drops, and the hazmat uh, guy, Joe, hazmat Joe, he calls, and he's like, I'll be here at whatever time, it's whatever. It's like I'm knee-deep in shit out here or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you do? It's like 3 a.m. Why are you, like... <laughs> well, at this point, I think it was, like, closer to he's midnight. He's cleaning another police mm-hmm. station bathroom. There between midnight and 4. Yeah, was- I th- yeah, I think it was, like, midnight. Yeah, and, and after that, she calls the station back with that new information. And um, Dispatch is like, all right, I'll be working on the pigs. So there you go. Dispatch knows about the pigs. So in the next scene, file cabinets be creeping. They creeping along. (laughs) (laughs) File cabinets be creeping, though. I've been in what what we'll call the white-collar professional world for a long time. One of my first jobs, we had those big-ass, huge sliding file cabinets that you had to – you moved a lever to move them side to side. Like the yeah, I have that in my uh, office where I work. You still have it? I think it maybe it's not what you're. Ta- I don't know. Maybe not. That might be a different thing. The front, just behind the front desk, where you got to move a lever and you can slide the whole like on a track back and forth. Is there multiple like in it? Yeah, yes. we ha- we have something like that. It sounds like that, oh, but yes. they're not. They're not like it's like storagey. It's not like filing cabinets, so it might be a little different. Anyway, go on. Just Maybe go not on. a filing cabinet, but storagey is right. Yeah, definitely. Okay, but yeah, then that's that. <laughs> I remember those from my first job, and it was like always thinking, this is going to be the fastest way that I'm going to lose a fucking appendage on this job. Is getting <laughs> my hand or my leg caught in one of these motherfuckers. Yeah. I literally had my finger split open by a piece of pipe. 
yeah. All these fucking things. They were just, they had danger written all over them. And it was like, once they're fully loaded and they're moving, oh, God. I could imagine where the cabinets, bro. Uh, no, well, uh, no, I'm not giving. <laughs> you got shit. some people working construction, and this guy's just in his office, like. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, these cabinets spooky! <laughs> damn, I'm I'm with Grindhouse on this one. I feel like them cabinets would fuck you up because I'm saw giving them. you shit, bro. I'm just giving you shit. I'm gonna bro. draw. I'm gonna draw a ghost on a loaf of bread and leave it on your chest while you're sleeping. Okay? Oh God, it's gonna kill scared. me! Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, you fucking don't do it. That that's gotta be some phasmophobia shit or something. I don't know what y'all are doing right now. No, he's because I work at the bread factory. <laughs> <laughs> Where I operate the bagger Dude. and the bread slicers, and Hot I have, weakness. I have Hot. cut my finger, and one of our, one of the ladies I used to work with, cut the tip of her finger off on the uh, slicer before. I'm so dumb. I swear to God, man, I'm a fucking idiot sometimes. That is, like you, am- that I is, I think that you just have moments where you just go. You kind of like my dog when she's confused. You just go, huh? <laughs> he was stroking sometimes. It's no I, big deal. I didn't piece it together, and that's a that's a great fucking joke. But I forgot Ricky, or I, I didn't connect. I didn't forget he worked at the goddamn the bread factory. Um. Okay, so Lauren Lauren continues to hear fucking these... hate bread, man. All right, continue. <laughs> Fuck you, hate bread. Yeah. <laughs> that's for me and Ricky. Um, yeah. Lauren continues to hear some strange noises and she finds that the back door to the police station is wide the fuck open and she calls for help on her radio, her little walkie talkie and hears static sounds and little girls singing songs and it ain't fucking cute. It's fucking creepy. Nope. <laughs> it's not. I'm gone. All the lights shut off and wep- she, uh, Lauren draws her fucking weapon. So, Grindhouse, I know you got a boner right there. And yeah, she finds the homeless man because you're the gun guy. She finds the homeless man. No, it was dope. Yeah, it is dope. He's fucking throwing files all over the place. He's standing on top of shit and she, she climbs <laughs> up there too. She, she climbs, climbs up there too. With fuck him. yeah. Like, fu- I'm going to get this <laughs> motherfucker. Get on the ground. <laughs> Easily easily takes him down like it's not oh, even yeah. a problem it's not he even was, a problem he has the ass but she just went and she just leg swept him and brought him down dude this 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 chick has jujitsu or something i would have just been like bro come down from there what the fuck i'd have just, just shot him i'd have shot him when he I pissed mean, on like, the floor that's what i'm saying like dude i couldn't be yeah, a cop i couldn't deal with this because it's like you can't like that's not a justifiable reason to shoot someone so it's like right. you could threaten with a gun all you want and then it, but they're not gonna listen <laughs> it's like what now yeah you gotta right. you gotta lay sweep them to know that being nuts and homeless is not a good reason to be shot <laughs> <laughs> right right it's like what do i do you i can't shoot in monkey bars and you won't yeah. come down i mean because then you, honestly you could shoot every six-year-old you've ever met too <laughs> 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 not, no. <laughs> not a good reason. I'm saying it's, it's not, not a good reason. You, you, that's fair. It's not justifiable. After procrastinating <laughs> about you know shooting this motherfucking piss bum, she leg sweeps him and fucking takes him to a holding cell where the door suddenly closes and locks behind her. And now we are back into what this the is, fuck? Yeah, yeah, this is, this next scene is phantasmagorical hauntings run amok. There's lights going out. There's a bloody faced person appearing at the fucking window of the door. 
Lauren drops her flashlight, and this this part of the scene, I got I got the free songs a little bit. I ain't gonna oh, lie. I'd have been shooting at that flashlight. <laughs> everything in this movie would have been shot. Everything would be full the of holes. The sound of that flashlight rolling back and forth. This was where I went from the hair stood up to my nipples got hard. This was, this was, <laughs> this was and it was so good. It was so yeah, good. Bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah, again, the sound design. God damn. That's the strong, that's, I think that's one of the strongest elements in this film. Yeah, I agree. Hands down. Some nothing or another picks up the flashlight and it's like, she's hearing all these voices, these whispers that are saying things like, please let me out of here. I feel like I'm losing my mind. And then the, the, whoever's holding the flashlight asks her, do you want to get out of here alive? And she's like, uh, Lauren's like, who are you? And, and then the voice, this is the part that gave me the real goosebumps. Them three songs. It says, and this is skin and marine vibes hard. I'm going to hurt you. And then there's, sound, <laughs> then there's the sound of a blade scraping. And I'm just like, oh shit. Well, but just the yeah. point where she, where she thinks she's talking to, talking to the piss bump. Mm-hmm. And she gets her flashlight back and she shines around and there's the piss bomb still in the corner. Right. It's like, oh, stoic. fuck, someone else is in here. But she stays stoic. She stays the course. I would be in a corner like the rest of the night, just in the what? corner of that room. I wouldn't have had no ammo yeah. left. I would, have, I would have expended all my ammunition <laughs> yeah. right there. It's all gone. Yeah. I need backup. I'm out of ammunition. <laughs> yeah, I need backup. I'm back up in a clean pair of underwear. Somebody help me. Yeah. Right. Yeah, this is this is I think this is really the first big creepy scene. Oh god, yeah. (laughs) She's she's like really freaked out, so she goes and she calls Sergeant Cohen, her commanding officer. He showed her the 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 building earlier. He was a dick with a fucking broom mustache. And Mm -hmm. she she's leaving him a message because he doesn't answer. And it starts off like you could tell you could this is some real good acting from from um her Carvey. I fucked her name up so many times. I'm, I'm so sorry to that actress. Yeah, Natalia. N- no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. Um, th- we haven't met her yet. In this scene, you can see the contemplation on her face as she's on the phone. Do I leave this message or? And then she finally does. She re- she backtracks and she's just telling Sergeant Cohen like I'm just happy to be on the force or whatever. She can't say it out loud because it sounds ridiculous out loud. Like she knows that. And the great part of her performance is you can watch her work that out in her head just from her expressions because she's not saying it. Right. Right. She holds this fucking movie together. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying the movie's bad without her. I'm just saying she without her, it would not be as good. Or if her performance was weak. It, the, the everything else that's good about this movie would just be like, okay, that was cool, but this movie's not that good. She yeah, makes this movie good, I think. The movie would have fell apart if it, if it was not for... I mean, somebody else could have finished it or done it or whatever else, but her, her acting, it, it carried the tone of the whole movie. Give me a not haunted police station, and I'll do that job every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... I'll, yeah. I'll do that job every day. I'll, Happy I'll, to be I'll... a night watchman. Okay. I'll broom the piss bums out of the door. <laughs> it's all good. Just hold the ghost. <laughs> I'll take the last shift at a police station, please. Hold the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> no ghost, please. I'm allergic. I would like uh, a stack of hollow points, a pair of handcuffs, um, maybe one uh, razor-sharp baton, but please hold the ghost. 
<laughs> when that baton comes into play later. So after making her phone call, she leans back in her chair, kind of like a moment of distressing, and she sees written on the ceiling the letters S O W, which is uh so. mm-hmm. and so it's like a little it's a weird way to kind of say from the supernatural point of view or from the ghost that, you know, we know we're fucking with you. You're a sow. You're a female cop, a female pig. Here, piggy, piggy, here, piggy, piggy. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a great, it's like, what the fuck is this? At this point in the film, like Ricky would have emptied his clip. I would also be like, just kind of <laughs> magazine, please. Thank you. It's time. It's time to go. It's time to go. Bye. This is not, yeah, this isn't in my job description anymore at that no. point. That's how I would feel. I mean, yeah. come on. Right. One of nine moments to this point so far where I would have been like, nope, I quit. I'm I, not a goddamn ghost hunter. Yep. Nope. Nope. I am going to go and I'll I'll write parking tickets. I'll be the meter maid, do whatever, but nope. <laughs> I don't want to midnight patrol this possessed motherfucker. After that, we finally now, here comes Mary Gold. Fine as she can be. There's a loiterer outside smoking smiggins, and um, she just flat out is telling Lauren. She's like, like "Here's an expedition, d- exposition dump." Oh, oh an expedition <laughs> dump. <laughs> One part of the movie I did not like. I did not like. This was the dock on the chalkboard. I'm gonna tell you everything, right? right here, and I'm gonna make it simple because you're a moron. Right. Yeah. That whole scene. I could have done without it. It could have been. Movie would have been equally as effective, if not more, because I would have been guessing a little bit more. I'm the odd man out here then, because I actually do enjoy this scene. I I enjoy her character, but the the purpose of her (laughs) bugged me. (laughs) The purpose of her bugged me. It really did. Yeah, like if she came back somehow. Yeah. To do this little exposition, like like every time I watch it, I think she like shows back up in the movie later, but she doesn't. She literally is just a prostitute that happens to be outside to. Give the can't wait background. to fucking talk. Just yeah. like, wait to fucking talk about about the people that died in the cell. Like, well, yeah, and if you it, like jumping ahead a little bit, but if you the whole thing is supposed to be like a police station bloodbath, and she's like, "I was in the cell next door." And it's like, okay, so how are you not fucking dead? Like, no, 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 no. It's 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 not. No, no, it's not a bloodbath at the police station. That's that's not that's not what happened. So I think I think maybe because I know the movie jumps all over the place with its 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 sound design because that's going to come up in a little bit. But what the bloodbath was at the um the payment family farm or wherever the fuck. Yeah, and, and in the police station, what Marigold reveals, she, she tell first she tells Lauren like I, I like this line. She says. You knew, huh? I can pick a rookie out of a whole room of pigs. Yeah. Um, what she tells her is that she was there, and what happened that night, instead of instead of what the, the media got hold of, was that the whole payment family was killed at a shootout at their farm. What Marigold reveals is that they were all brought back alive and that they all committed suicide there. The, the payment family was a, was a cult that killed a bunch of girls, kidnapped and killed a bunch of girls. And we learn that Lauren's dad was one of the officers involved in the shootout at the farm. I also love this line because she's like, you don't believe me, huh? I bet my tits in a pack of cigarettes is the truth. I just thought that right. shit was fucking hilarious. <laughs> the, the cult, they all hung themselves with bedsheets at the police station. Right. So they were in their cells next to her, and that's where they – that's what they did. And um, I just think it's too convenient that she's there. 
and just can't wait to tell this story to the rookie that well, she, she doesn't know. She, 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 she's this, is this is interesting she, as hell because this is my first time watch, and that's not what I got. Well, I have to watch and, it again. I said I'm going to, but I this that was not what I took away. And for Ricky, well, she she tell she tells her all that stuff, but I was just like, no, bro. Well, no, I can tell you why she's sitting there. She actually tells you why she's sitting there. She looks at this car that's driving by. And she looks a little nervous. So she's mm-hmm. obviously on the run or, or looking out or hiding out from somebody, probably her pimp. Who knows? Right. Somebody. Yeah. So that's why. Well, why does she out. have to bring up all the because she was there the exposition when it happened? So well, and they do talk and she, about she says she says, I spot you. You're a rookie. So I'm going to fuck with you is kind of what I got. Yeah, you but, know, I mean, they fill in some of the blanks of the story. And I know that there were some girls that were saved at the end so was she one of the saved girls is that what we're supposed to believe i don't think so and then after well but if they she don't there, imp- they don't imply it but I yeah, why would why, it. why would she be in jail if she was saved she's a prostitute she was in jail for prostituting true. probably true. yeah that's true I, I guess yeah i think it was an unrelated thing that she was in jail yeah. for i think and then that just happened to happen that day I think I understand why she's there the scene works for me i understand it's an expedition <laughs> <laughs> it's contagious. It's a God damn. Got four wheel drive and four hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it uh, anywho, I like Mary Gold's scene. Um Natalia I like Mary Gold as a character. Natalia is not just, made, but she's I right. I just don't like her expedition dump. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's my it's my one true gripe with the movie. To I be fair, I didn't need it. It was too obvious and it was too forward. It was like it was it was almost like you're running a race and you know that you're losing and it was your opportunity to catch up. And for a movie like this, that's that's a little bit fair. I mean, a little it's, bit. It's, and it's, it's and I just didn't need it. I was right. I, but now that we're talking, mystery. maybe I was not as far ahead in the race as I thought I was. So maybe I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> In the next scene, Lauren enters the station again, and now we're we're going right back into fucking full-blown Spookyville because she goes into this office in the station, and all of the television sets have different interrogation tapes of the cult members playing at the same time, and it's now we're getting into the nitty grits, yeah. the, them shrimp and grits, because it's revealed that the cult worships the king of hell, also known as Payman. And regarding Payman... This is the line from fucking John Payman, the cult leader, where he says, uh, Payman was running the show long before that clip wing cocksucker got down there. Any movie where you can call the devil a bitch, not only do you have my attention, but it takes you to a different level. It's like, well, okay. Because, I mean, you think about horror movies and all the stuff that we watch, and it's like the devil's kind of like the grand poobah. Yeah. Yeah. When there's somebody who's like, you know what? Fuck the devil. I ate his ass for breakfast last night. Hey yo! It's just like, just like he loved it. It's like <laughs> it's, way past that. it's way past that. So I mean, it gives you for me, it like it ups the level uh, of intensity like quite a bit. Where it's like there's more because I mean, I think everybody and their brother knows the devil, right? From whatever movies. When it comes to a lot of the singular characters that are attached to the whole thing and might be higher or lower on the food chain, I don't think people have a lot of knowledge. So when you get a little bit of that, it's like super fun. Yeah, I agree, you dude. Think when you die, you go to heaven. You come to us. Yeah, Rickles. <laughs> I like what the cult members are talking about. Like the the one girl's going off, and she's like, "There's so much blood splashing around, and you make a couple of holes, oh, and it just pours out." 
I that's when she starts talking about the pig noises too. Oh God, yeah, just the blood. Yeah. smashing her face on the table. Yeah, th- th- that's that's what I was gonna allude to is that Monica is describing the girl who sounded like a pig getting stabbed. While we'll find out while she was where she was. So that pig noise is this cult member describing a murder she committed. I think that's what the film is is implying. I think so too. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's um, spooky. I know, right? It's fucked up. It's very fucked up. Like I, the writing in this is so yeah. Malum. Okay? I can't wait for Malum. I was just gonna say, like in the paper shredder of evil, you know, as you as you paper shred your bills and you do whatever else, and you're you're building this big ball of shit that's at the bottom of it. This movie does so many things to get, like to turn it into like this weird ball of evil that. Like you think you understand, you know it's there, but for some reason it still scares you anyway. During the the little video transmission, the cult leader goes into like cult leader slam poetry, which I fucking love. Yeah, um, it's it's really fucking dope. And the, the cult member's goal is all to go to hell and be part of Payman's army. So they all want to die, and they think that by killing the girls that they're kidnapping, they're doing the work of their their leader. So so they're all about that shit, and uh. They basically promise to come back after committing mass suicide and fuck everything up, like destroy everything. He says, I like you. I'm going to come back for you and everything you love. Mm-hmm. Welcome Mark to my words. <laughs> yeah. Then you get the scariest rolling chair of all time that actually attacks. Oh, making office chairs scary. Yeah. I right. Mean, think about just the way it was shot, but then like this, the weird like point to point swinger they did. Where they had those like the swings around her, like, and I, I, you you see one of the people every now and then in it too, which is behind also her a fun as thing. the chair goes by. One of the sack heads, one of the sack heads is in the chair as it goes by. Fucking a, mm-hmm. super effective, like super effective. I mean, it, I, I'm sitting. I like, hadn't oh, been that scared of a rolling chair since I watched <laughs> the Changeling. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that's amazing, Ricky. Holy oh. shit. Monica calls back and she says that all of the other girls have been killed and she needs help. And Lauren tells her to call fucking 911, but all these other fucking girls won't stop fucking singing. So Monica starts singing and we find out here's another little info dump from Monica. Her name is Monica Young. She's 17 years old. Uh, Lauren starts to ask this stressed out girl all kinds of fucking questions who's just screaming the entire time until the fucking line goes dead. It's like... Lauren, Officer Lauren, please. There's there's a better way to deal with this, but she's, I don't know, she's trying. I get it. She calls the station back, gives them all the new info with her little fucking, or no, I think this is when she gets the 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 call in. John Victor Ida, one five two six three, or whatever. Like like say this yeah. when you call back, and we'll we'll take in your information. To be yeah. fair, a lot of uh, real life nine one one operators, you <laughs> you hear these calls recorded where the person's like, "Oh my god, I'm literally being stabbed to death right now," and they're just like, "What color is your shirt?" Right. Like, so, <laughs> I think Officer Lauren was really doing like the real like, shit. Yeah. yeah, the real shit. Yeah. What when whenever there's a nine one one call out there that I've heard before, and whenever I, whenever I heard it out. I don't recommend anyone going listen to this, So, but I'm going to sort of describe it because it's just disturbing and it's fucked. Two girls who uh, – I, I think they went to a friend's house or something, and their father found out, and he went pick them up, 
and he's yelling at them or whatever. So it's getting so bad that one of the daughters, his daughters, his two, his, his two daughters calls the cops. Calls oh, this, the, is the, this is the honor killings. Yes. Yes. Yep. Fucking brutal. Don't ever listen to it. it no, no. At all. No. So, yeah, it's not a, it's not a good, it's not a good recording. And, but you hear the 911 operator. Look, don't, don't go listen to it. It's fucked. It's very, I'm it's real. I'm listening to this now. I can't help it. Well, I'm sorry, but there you go. And just I'm gonna look s- up, just look up honored killings in 911 tape. You'll find it. Yeah. Okay. It's, right. it's very brutal and very real and very not cool. That's how you look it up, but don't listen to it. Had you, had y'all ever heard the one about the uh, chimpanzee? That was like killing the lady. Oh, yeah, yeah, he and they called fucking face off. Oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> fucked up. With this character, and this is another one of those times where it's like her stoicism, I think, almost is a hindrance because her stoicism, like, takes her to a place where she, she won't act because she's afraid to act because she's afraid of making a bad impression on her first day, like if she's wrong. So she's almost. If if you look at her character and what she does, even though she's making notes and doing whatever else, for a long time in this movie, she's almost paralyzed. She's never the kind of cop I would end up being. Just a scared (laughs) shoot first. (laughs) Swing club first. Wait, wait. So hold on. (laughs) You're the reason for defund the police? (laughs) Probably. I'm all right with that. I'm all right with that. But out of cowardice, not hatred. Right. Okay, I get it. Right. Yeah, I'm not okay. a dick. I'm just, I'm just not cut out to be a cop. Whistly, wh- <laughs> spooky whistling attracts a scared Lauren. We f- we find out in this film, and she discovers all them stacked ass chairs just stacking themselves. Genuinely creepy. Well, that, but this is when I think she like she becomes like instantly delusional, and her mind finally breaks because. She's just like, oh, this is all a joke, even though those chairs, like, one second before were all chilling on the ground, and then one second later were all stacked perfectly. Right. And I love how she pushes the chair over, and this is in the sound design, the immaculate sound design where you hear this low groan in the score, and she's officially offended the spirits now. <laughs> like, Payman was like, oh. <laughs> I know you didn't push my chairs over. You can ignore me. You Gah. can you can tase my piss bum, but you will not fuck with my chairs. <laughs> Gah. 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 Did you you not... done fucked up, Gah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Enter Ryan Price, a fellow police officer who shows up at the station purely to check on Lauren, who thinks he's part of this big, uh, I don't know, hazing experiment or, or hazing ritual that they're performing. He He's like, no, I'm I'm just here to check on you. And he turns out to be kind of a charming dude. Um, pretty cool guy, and he 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 reveals to her that he came there. He says, "I I I uh snuck away or you know whatever to to come and see you now. I was there with your dad that night when when we raided the farm, and he reveals to her that because of her dad standing his ground and fighting off the cult members, that they were able to save four young women, and in in the process, two officers were killed." including her father at the end of the scene officer price goes to leave and there's a hole in the back of his head also very sixth sense and carly mentioned that earlier so i think that that's also mm. sort of a little nod I didn't to it catch that really neither yeah, that time part, that i watched it i didn't catch it that part made me like 
almost poop myself when I first saw it. Like, <laughs> like I watched this movie like alone. It was when I first moved out on my own when I was like 19. I was I had Netflix on my TV. I was like on a futon in the living room. And that's I was like, what what can I watch? And I put this on thinking it would be like generic crap or something. And it, I just I, I that scene always stuck with me. It was just one of those like, oh, like, yeah, did not, did not, <laughs> I didn't see it coming, I guess. Now it's... it doesn't like impact me as much because I do. I know it's going to happen, but I don't know. That really creeped me out. This is what I think Sergeant Cohen told Officer Lauren to turn around for. I think he wanted to check and make sure she didn't have a bullet wound in the back of her head. I think Sergeant Cohen knew the entire time what's been going on in this police station because dispatch tells us a little bit later. So, again, this is something I noticed this watch, and this is like my third or fourth watch, so... I, th- I think I'm piecing more of this so re- rewarded rewatches with this movie exponentially. Lauren hears the sounds from the payment raid. It, it's like it's happening right in front of her. And this is very Evil Dead montage, like from 81, where Ash is alone in the in the cabin. And you just it, – it's a, a a whirlwind of – you know the cinematography just going all over the place. Mm-hmm. The sounds just uh, again. You hear screaming and 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 uh, police and everything else. And this is when you get your uh, Nightmare on Elm Street scene because there's a dead cultist body that slides in, in on yeah. the floor into frame and then starts to fucking levitate. And now the film is cosmic. <laughs> Lauren even hides out for a second until she hears the piss bomb screaming. And she runs over there and she sees the 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 fucking bag headed ghosts just going fear.com. Doing the, doing fear.com the 2000s, yeah, yeah, the two yeah. thousands music video thing where they're all yeah. like <laughs> She succeeds yeah. in following that fucking sing song down the hallway and that creepy ass demon character is following her from behind. It's 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 something you can only see like from behind. It's 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 crawling behind her as she approaches the sound of these girls singing. I have her nickname as Crotch Shot in my notes. <laughs> it was a little unnecessary. <laughs> like, for me, it was a little bit like, I get it. I get it. She's part of a cult. She's scantily clad. She's probably half dead. Yeah, I get it. I but... think that's a victim, to be honest with you. I think that's Monica. I honestly think that's Monica. Was that Monica? Monica I think so. was the one with the fucked up face, right? Right, right. But I think that that thing following her was also Monica based on the way it moved, how it crawled and slunk along the floor. We're, we're going to get to it. But when she gets in this room, she sees all the girls singing, and they look normal in this mirror. But then when they cool, oh, they turn around and they got the sacks and the blood Mm -hmm. sigils. The blood sigils again, cosmic. cosmic, I already this movie's already in cosmic territory now. It's too late. It's now a cosmic horror film. It's there. We're doing it. I don't Mm -hmm. care. Call it demonic. I'm with you. Yeah, it's cosmic. It's cosmic. And and now the hazmat room gets spookified. Okay. And Lauren calls Cohen back, and this time she's like, "I." He answers the phone. She's like, "I cannot finish my shift. I can't do it. I'll be in the fucking car." <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he finally. He, I was like, "Oh God, thank you." <laughs> he tells her the apple fell pretty fucking far from the tree. Cohen sucks. Yeah, what he a sucks. dickhead. Sucks. Yeah, he's awful. So she, I'd be she's, like, "Come here, I'll show you where the apple fell." Like, <laughs> like, like <laughs> cornhole him with that apple. Lauren calls the hazmat people and said, this is that scene where she, she's like, you know, when are y'all going to be here? And he's like, I'm up to my whatever. 
She's like, I'll be in my car and, and hazmat Joe's like, whatever lady. And they, they hang up yeah. and she, as she's leaving. The phone starts ringing. So she races back and it's Monica again, who says she's escaped. She's on the run at the same time. Lauren's trying to call the dispatch on her cell phone. Monica says, I think I'm going to die. And she's, she's telling her like they're right next to me. And the line goes dead. Here we go. This is where the movie gets fucked for real. Because the dispatcher tells Lauren that Monica Young was the final victim of the payment cult, and she died over a fucking year ago. He also reveals that after the suicides, paranormal events are what drove the cops out of that police station to a new place, okay? So now it's all coming out, baby. Um, <laughs> And now we get to the scene Grindhouse loves. Uh, she finds this photo on the floor of uh, her dead father. Then next to that are just all these photos of cult victims. Like, And by the way, crime scene photos I discovered while watching this movie this time freak me the fuck out. And they always have, but I never thought about it. But crime scene photos are fucked up because that's like mm. – that's someone after they – like right after they died like because they leave people in that position, you know? But this is when she sees them all laid out and they catch fire and it's noxious, I guess, because she passes out. <laughs> um, And she wakes up to her cell phone buzzing. So again, phone call, phone call. Where's the skin of Marine phone? When's it going to show up? Right. That's what, that's what I'm waiting for now. And it's her mom trying to apologize and trying to say, I love you. But Lauren hangs up on her. Yeah, she had <laughs> she had a chance to redeem herself from earlier and she hangs up on her mom again. She right. she just fucking cold shoulders her mom over the fucking phone. This is the one part of Lauren's character that I'm like, man, you need to talk to your mama a little bit. When your daddy calls, you sure fucking listen. Right. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, if my dead for... daddy would call, I'd, I'd talk to him. I think I'd be scared. Like, if my grandma called me right now, I'd be like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what, if, what would you ask her? What would you ask her? I want to know what you'd ask her. First thing. Uh, t- 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 uh, what's uh, what's what's the old heaven like? I guess. And what if she'd say, "Oh, oh, I, just take care of yourself, darling. I'm in the good place. Just take care of yourself, uh, though." Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> no. So there's the this jealous living member of the payment cult, fucking batons the shit out of Lauren and takes her hostage. How do we feel about this in this reverse interrogation scene with the cult member having the gun and Lauren's like she's basically this could be fake now like I don't even know anymore what the fuck I'm doing or what's happening so you could be full of shit and I probably still have the gun well but she was the one that she was the one that batoned her and knocked her out and then lo- like kind of sort of like locked her up and was telling her about it's been a year since Payne died and I'm here to celebrate that fact and then- We've gotten to the point in the movie where it's almost impossible to tell what's real and what's not. Um, right. Unreliable narrator at this point. Basically, yeah. yeah. So it's like, I, I, with that one, I was not 100% sure that was real. But then when she like went down and picked up her gun and it was in that little pool of blood and she picked it up and it was kind of dripping. And I'm like. Smartly. Smartly grabbed her fucking weapon. Well, yeah. So, well, she was. Yeah. Well, she, yeah, she did that for the whole movie. Though. I just, but that—that's furthering her character. She was, like, right? She was smart the whole movie for sure. The yeah. shit she did. But I think that was what. Aside from not leaving. Well, but we find out later <laughs> that even if she would have tried, 
So, yeah, she grabs her gun. The phone's ringing again. And now the phone's ringing so hard it's having a fucking seizure. Yeah, Mom- bro, that's the <laughs> shakiest phone in the world, dude. <laughs> that motherfucker's over there. That phone just- needs some milk. <laughs> but that scene, though, that scene where she goes to the front door and she shakes it and shakes it. Mm-hmm. And finally she's like, again, still smart. Fuck this. And she pulls on a piece and just goes across the front door. Mm-hmm. She shoots it. The bullet holes disappear. Oh, she's that trapped. Was, that was fucking Shadow Realm. I am in the fucking Shadow Realm. I'm she's there. in that paymonic magic, keeping her trapped oh. in there. That skinnamarink logic, cause that's what's happening right there. So she good. done got skinnamarinked. Skinnamarinked. The fo- when the phone's having a seizure, it's Monica on the other line saying that she knows where she is, and and Officer Lawrence like you died, and Monica starts laughing, and then you get more <laughs> Evil Dead style shots <laughs> with like. Uh, the bludgeoned corp- corpse of this victim under the desk, and I, this is, I think, Monica oh. again. Yeah, I think she, it's Monica too. She stalks her through the fucking. Fo- so the filing cabinets come back into play, and, and I was totally, that was totally Monica because she was found in the woods, beat to death with a baseball bat about the face. They said that the sounds that Monica makes in this scene, and her her saying, "I don't want to die." This was the most fucked up and creepy scene for me in the film. This is the one that 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 really fucked me up. And those filing cabinets, duh, bro. One of the first times we have our our heroine not being super smart. She literally backs herself into the worst possible corner where she can't get out, but she could also be completely squished by the giant filing cabinets of death. It's primal. <laughs> it's pri- It's primal fear, man. It's primal fear at this point. That's what it is. Th- that after this, she tries. Yeah, that's what you were saying. She tries to shoot her way out, but to no avail. And then her that's when daddy calls, dead daddy. And he's like, you got to do this shit. You got to do it. You got to fucking see it through to the end. Cause I so, yeah, because I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. The patriarch is running amok. Right. Lauren encounters the homeless man in the hall and detains him. But his face is fucking ugly as mm-hmm. shit. And he vanishes. So she's like, oh, fuck. She runs to the holding cell and finds that the homeless man has been hanged. And I used to say has been hung, but, right. that, but that is apparently not correct. Mm-hmm. And it's my, not correct. No. And I also used to say the word rewound for re- rewinded because it sounded better, but it's not a word either. Oh. So I make up my own words. I didn't know that. There's Me a neither. supervisor at work that doesn't say fast forward. He says forward wind. <laughs> that's a psychopath. I agree. <laughs> I agree. So he's hung. He's hung as shit. And um, the go. The, there's <laughs> Lauren. Lauren radios for more help, but there's just distorted screams and ghostly singing again. Can't get shit on this thing. I can't. I can't catch nothing. That's where the pus and the weird shit starts coming out of it. Oh, out of her radio. Yeah, her radio starts to bleed. Also, very Evil Dead, like with the light bulb yeah. filling up with blood and the fucking film project, dude. There's so many Evil Dead moments in this to me. Anyway, it, yeah. it was the bathroom poop. It was coming out her fucking Gross. radio. Oh, poopy radio. We do get the blood oath ritual that the cult is performing, like shown to Lauren, with uh, cult leader John Payman himself turning around and staring her down, and he lifts up his bloody, shitty face mask, and that's when he's got that upside-down pentagram carved into his fucking face. And he's got the nasty teeth. Nasty fucking piss bum teeth, and there's cinnabite flesh creatures just doing jigs all over the place. 
and right. Officer Price is like reenacting shooting him. The movie is going bananas. Finger gunned himself. That was the weird part. And I think so. That must be like a thing of the era when he finger because he was like, yeah, and then like. <laughs> Yeah, that's like that's when you. Yeah, it gets kind of Hellraiser right here, doesn't it? Oh yeah, very much so. Dream yeah. logic, dream logic, Evil Dead shit, Hellraiser shit. This movie's that's pulling from, as we always say, cosmic as fuck. It's cosmic. Uh, yeah, dude. yeah, it's cosmic. Yeah. Lauren flees, and Papa calls again, and he tells her, "Hey, cult members are fucking coming." And Lauren goes fucking hard, son. Yeah. This is this is where the movie honestly tricked me. And I think going back to the to the girl in the interrogation room that had her gun, because I still wasn't sure that was real. But now, like all of a sudden, the cult members are coming in, all the sackheads are coming in, and she goes full fucking Johnny. She goes, yeah, she John Wicks them. <laughs> she is fucking headshot and just bat, 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 bat. Well, she misses them at, at first, though. When they first pouring in, she misses like all of them, but then she makes up for that shit. There's a, there's a scene where she dispatches the first, them quick. <laughs> the first round of shooting. So she's shooting again. This is this is gun guy grindhouse that is a little bit bothered by this. She's shooting, shooting, shooting. She ducks behind the door. She's going to change her magazine. She drops the old one out, pulls a new one out. As she's pulled out to the gun, she actually drops it. If you watch, she drops it and it like flicks across her fingers, but she catches it again. But it's backwards now and tries to shove it in, but it was backwards. And she was like, "Shit!" Oh and shit! And then in the next scene, she shoots again, but she never rechambered. So she was mm. she was dry firing. Gun guy bugged me a little bit. You the Second Amendment slasher. <laughs> you the Second Amendment slasher like art. <laughs> those, those last couple of minutes there, where she is just going hardcore John Wick. I mean, she's she's almost doing like early Call of Duty down the hallway. Just I like how the cult oh, yeah. members are like taunting her the whole time, and they're like, "You're gonna die, pig!" and and they were right. squealing and shit like pigs. But yeah, she guns down fucking everybody and she gets the final person like in the doorway trying to escape the, the, the police station and she shoots him fucking dead. And then out of nowhere, Robert Ford, Sergeant Cohen shoots Officer Lauren in the back. The movie backs up for a second. And now we see that all along, Officer Lauren has been gunning down the hazmat team that came in to pick up all the, the biohazard material. So at the very end, she was shooting this one guy that was pleading for his life, not taunting her. It wasn't right. a cult member. It was an innocent. And she's dying now. She's on the ground crying, confused, not understanding what's happening. Uh, Sergeant Cohen, Sir Douchebag, is calling for <laughs> medical assistance. At the very end here, we see that flashlight again. Like that shit is creepy. And doesn't she start singing that song, the same song? She starts humming yeah. She she's humming this song and we're carried out to that tune, that fucking haunting cult song that's pervaded this entire film. From the kingdom of our father, the truth will be freed. Through the mountain I'll be guided until I do see. I am safe in the arms of my master, my king. On the last day, I will follow my soul I will bring. Yeah, about about that ending, phenomenal fuck you ending. Yeah. Uh, Officer Lauren loses her life, and it's all because she was possessed by payment to a degree, or at least where she, her environment was, and it tricked her mind. It fucked her up real good. 
I'm going to go first with my final thoughts and ratings. Um, Last Shift was a film we we mentioned that I took a chance on several years ago. The cover art looked generic. It look it looks cool, but it looks generic. It looks like any shitty horror movie would have this kind of cool cover art to fool you. But I was blown away by how well it was made and how much attention to detail was paid. The acting's great. Cohen's a prick and I love to hate him and he he makes me laugh. Um Officer Price is a sweetie pie. I really like his scene with Lauren and Lauren holds the, the entire thing together. Like, like we've been saying stellar performance. Um, the hauntings here are twisted. I love the cult angle. Love that shit. Love the blood sigils. I love how I perceive the cosmic little hints here and there, as well as, um, daddy payment coming back for more paymonic shenanigans. I think the writing is super strong, super tight. I dig the evil dead elements that I picked up on. I'm giving Last Shift a strong 9 out of 10. I Whoa. really enjoy this movie. If someone sees this early on in their horror-watching history, this is going to be an influential film. And and they can backtrack from... It's like discovering your favorite band and then figuring out the, you know that the eventually they were influenced by the fucking Beatles. <laughs> They'll find Evil Dead based on this, this movie. They'll find... Shut up. They'll find Hellraiser based on this movie. They'll find... The Beatles, based on this fucking movie. Well, yeah, yeah. because the Beatles were obsessed with, uh, with, uh, lament configurations <laughs> with Manson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not the other <laughs> way around. <laughs> well, well, actually, actually, Manson had ties to the Beach Boys, not the Beatles. Well, just, he had ties saying. to the beat to the Beatles, too. Did he? Because they were, they were, yeah. they were speaking to him through their lyrics. Oh, yeah. 100% right. 100% right. Yeah. The fucking long hair and armored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on, Rick. So yeah, nine out of ten from me. T Bizzles gives it that. Uh, okay, so going through this, um, I loved our main character. I loved that she was a badass. I loved that she was focused. I loved that she was gonna do herself, her job, and her family proud. I loved that. The cult aspect of it, didn't see it coming out of the gate, but it was fucking awesome. The scares in this movie were awesome. We, we talked about sound. I can't think of a movie that used sound more advantageously than this movie did. For a closed environment movie, and that's what this was. This was movie in a box. That's what it was. Super effective. They they used every bit of this abandoned police station to their advantage from the, you know, arresting the bum on, up on top of the scaffolding to the stack chairs to the file cabinets moving around to the TV screens in the break room. Super, super well done. The end... Admittedly, I did not see it coming. I tend to be pretty good at like what a movie is going to telegraph to you. Didn't see the movie coming at all. Um, I was super surprised by this, and I love this movie. I really, really enjoyed it. For me, you guys know me and, and how I score things. This was a seven on my list. This was above solid. This was watchable and definitely rewatchable. I know I'm going to pick up more things the next time I watch it. Um, the things we discussed tonight, the things that you got versus what I got, different in a lot of aspects so that tells me that it's going to be even more fun the next time i watch it this is going to go on my i can watch it again and be happy list and that's, yeah. a, that's a really fucking short list for me so this is a gem it really is a gem to me it was a gem so you mentioned the sound design yes 100 percent sound design this movie as you mentioned gives me big autopsy of jane doe with the isolated kind of movie in a box thing kind of like grindhouse mentioned 
the atmosphere and the sound design and the acting really just carry it. The scares are great. The dread is good. The jump stair, the jump stairs, the jump scares are even good. <laughs> jump the stairs, good. Jump the stairs out. Um, <laughs> the villain design, like the sack heads with the sigils, with the tongues and the teeth and the fucking blood and the shit and the piss bombs. <laughs> the piss bombs. <laughs> this this movie's this movie's been speaking my language from the get go. <laughs> Officer Lawrence Bay. Mm-hmm. Ooh, she bay. Mm-hmm. I gotta give this a solid eight point five nice. with room to grow. Yeah, I, I I I apparently still missed stuff on my second watch, so very rewatchable. And this one could go up for me. Nice, nice, Carly. You you were the one who has conjured this up from Mama's box. <laughs> this yeah. movie's been waiting in there for a long time, and this episode's been a long time coming. What are your final thoughts and ratings for Last Shift? Yeah, well, I'm glad that everyone here really enjoyed it. I Yeah, this is the first time I got to actually talk about it on a show, so that was cool. Um, I do think it's a great film, and I think it packs a lot into you know an obviously smaller budget film. And I, I agree that main actress really carries it. Anyway, yeah, I think this movie's great. Like I said, it scared the crap out of me back when I first saw it. And I think the more times you watch it, the more things you pick up on it, which kind of speaks to its brilliance. Because, again, it is clearly lower budget, but they they did a low budget film rights and they utilized their sets. They had great acting, um, good use of effects and uh, just a good story. So um, I'm at a solid eight out of ten on this one. Hell yeah. yeah. So good. So, Carly, my my big thing lately has been Skinnamarink. Uh, Grindhouse. I, I've said, noticed you brought it up. He's a Skinnamaboy. <laughs> Grindhouse said this movie's changed my life, and it really has. Um, it's hit me in a really personal, impactful way. Uh, this film has made me cry. Record, it, it, it changed Travis's life. Not my life. Yeah. No, yeah, just mine. Just, just, just me. Not my, not my two co-hosts here, but but no. Um, all that being said, I'm a big fan, and it's very. It, uh, it hit me on a personal level, not just because I remembered being a kid. That's part of it, but there's something, something else going on. But what, what, what did you think about uh, Skin of a Rink? Well, damn, that was a lot. You're just saying it changed your life and stuff. I can't shit on that. No, I uh, like I said, I saw it in in the theater setting, which was interesting. Um, it, it was one of those things where everyone in the theater was just like pretty much silent, kind of like the quiet place effect. And you're just like, what the hell is going on? Um, I thought it was a very great film. I thought um, it was very unique. The only, like, the biggest thing for me was I did feel like it was way too long for its own good. I think this would have been a fantastic short film that, you know, would be rewatchable and a lot more memorable for people. But, I mean, it runs like an hour and 40-some minutes. And I just think that it got to the point where I was kind of like, oh, this got this has to be the climax, right? And then it kind of wasn't. But with that being said, I was very mesmerized by it, the whole film. Um, and I'm glad I saw it in the theater because I also feel if I would have watched that at home, <laughs> there would have been a point where I would have been like, fuck this, I'm going to watch like something a little more fast paced. But I'm going to recommend his short film, Heck. Um, it's a 30-minute feature. It was the proof of concept <laughs> for Skin and Marine. You might enjoy that as as a piece by itself. It's very similar 
Okay. I don't I don't think it hits as hard, but mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not skin of a rink now. Oh. You can see is my face just a little bit. I, I, I can't do anything. I am so happy you found a movie that made you that happy. That makes me happy. That movie does not make me happy, by the way. I want to say it real quick. <laughs> that isn't the right word. It's not, a, good, right. not a real popcorn flick, eh? Yeah, uh, it's, it, 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 it fired up. Gets you fired up. Oh I yeah, I love talking about it. I love that's why I wanted to ask Carly what she thought, and I love that's hearing how Phantasm is for me. Mm-hmm. I saw Phantasm for the first time not long after my dad died, and it just had me in a very nihilistic and fucked up place, and it just stuck with me. And now it's my favorite movie of all time. Every year on at the end of the year for the nightclub, instead of a year end list on this show, we cover another film in the Phantasm series. That's we were lucky to have Gloria Lynn Henry on last year. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna be doing part four at the end of twenty twenty three. I'm Hell looking yeah. forward to it so fucking much. Um that's another phantasmagorical series, just like tonight's phantasmagorical film. And my God, did it get spooky? Did it get cosmic? I loved everyone coming in strong on this movie. And fucking A, man. This is the goddamn best. Thank you all so much for doing this. Thank you so much for coming with us, Carly. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. This was this was a good fucking film, and it's such a refresher from the crap that Travis and Ricky bring. So, <laughs> um, oh god! <laughs> yeah, I, no, I'm glad that everyone did love this one because I'm like, you know, I didn't really know how people would feel about it. Well, set box movies are always a huge risk because the risk is, for me anyway, is getting bored. Like yeah. I don't I don't want to see the same corner of the desk over and over and over again. And they made they made use of every every square fucking inch of that place. That One more jab at Travis. Yeah, well, <laughs> in this there. movie, in this movie, you see the same phone fucking ringing and seizuring all over the goddamn place again and I, again. I wasn't so. I wasn't jabbing at Travis. I, that <laughs> I was, know that was a generalization. I came out I came out swinging. <laughs> if, I want, if, if I wanted to jab at Travis, I would talk about the fact that I was the tallest man on the podcast. I thought you were gonna say I would just punch <laughs> down. <laughs> Carly, if you don't know, Travis is our resident hobbit. Yeah. How tall are you, Travis? Five foot four. Oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> you're short you're shorter than JP. I'm not much taller than Travis, but every little bit counts. Yeah. I know you're taller than I'm me. five seven. Uh, that's how tall I am. Am I the tallest again? I told you every time you're in the you same room. You guys shout out me, heights on every episode. They like to do it because they're fucking with me because I'm short as fuck. It's okay. Because he has really big hobbit feet. I don't give a feet. fuck. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I do. And and they're flat like Flintstones. Show, show your feet. This is the only fan shit. There you go. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, okay. Let's zoom in on that. No, <laughs> they are very. <laughs> We're gonna put some banana pudding on your feet, Travis, <laughs> and make millions. <laughs> I can't wait, dude. I will sell my soul, all right, <laughs> right now for a new car or something like just Hell please yeah. God. It's more of an only hooves thing, but I only hooves, <laughs> <laughs> only dirty ass Cajun <laughs> Hobbit feet. I'm, hey, I'm barefoot, cause you could tell because I've been walking around all day and I don't feel shit, dude. If I'm not wearing my work shoes, I'm wearing my Crocs or nothing. I like that, literally nothing. I'm that flip flop boy. That's oh, what I like. To, what's what's, what's crocs, everyone's bro. what's everyone's favorite comfort footwear? I I just want to know right now. I like, well, if I'm in my house, I usually wear slippers around. 
Um, if I'm elsewhere, I like to wear just regular old tennis shoe, tennis shoes, sketchers. I even got, I even got fancy Crocs. They got like a little like pleather top on them, and shit. <laughs> even though it's peeling off, it's peeling off, but it's oh nice. God. I do not own a pair of Crocs. Oh, they're the best. Once you stop caring and you start wearing Crocs. <laughs> that's what, that's what I hear. Once you've given up on life, that's kind of. It's the best. It's the yeah. best. Or nothing. <laughs> He's 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 King Nowadays and King Crogzilla over there, bro. He's doing the goddamn thing. Yeah, Grindhouse, what you comfortable in at home? Uh, just fucking tennis shoes, dude. Sketchers. Oh, you get Sketchers. Yeah, yeah. Sketchies. I bust my balls because these things have like a big heel on them, so she calls them my heels. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I need I need like three pair of those. Comfortable as fuck. So I don't really care. Now, keep in mind, this is the same woman that for Christmas as a Christmas gift now got me a kit where i could make my own custom pair of orthotics <laughs> like i had to like put my foot in the foam and like measure my foot and then i bought these things and I, I got them and i put them in my shoes and they're the most uncomfortable fucking things I've ever worn. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> it's like well uh, thank you <laughs> well my wife got me my crocs so she was all about me giving up on life so it's all good <laughs> So she gave you the white flag and just said, fuck it. Let's Wave suck. that flag, baby. Hoist oh, that rag, baby. Surrender. In Hoist a- that a- rag. Yeah. <laughs> Before we do sign off, is there something that we need to plug, like, like, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll re- have it worked in? Cause all this is being edited right now. This is all out. Gone. Just, Gonesville. Just your mouth. Yeah. That. It's just me. I'm trying to, do- she, she, she hadn't been on before. I'm just trying to <laughs> explain what we're doing. Have you not figured out what I'm fucking with you by now? After I like, know, but I still feel months. bad. I feel like I'm fucking her life up right now. My whole <laughs> life, yeah. I'm fucking it all up. Like you're gonna. You have might to... as well start wearing Crocs, Corley. Yeah. Corley, put on some goddamn. <laughs> I'm on Crocs. Amazon right now, ordering them. <laughs> Sweet. I'm even get the, gonna get the little do, little doodads that go in them. Those little. Oh yeah, those called? are the best. Yeah. The little five foot four doodads. <laughs> there's, there's Croc doodads. Like what? I mean, yeah, you stick them into crock holes. Yeah, I don't know what they're called. They're like, they're like pins for the crock hole. You stick them into crock holes. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll. Just... No, you had you asked her something. I was just gonna go, but you, you asked her something. <laughs> I'm sorry, they killed me. They killed me. <laughs> crock holes. Oh shit. <laughs> No way, man. Okay. <laughs> no, it's the it's the sign offs. <laughs> Ricky, do you have an embrace? Embrace the crock holes. No, but you wanted to ask her. What did I want to ask her? I don't. You know. wanted to ask her if she had something oh, to yes. plug. Correct. Correct. Yes. Yes. You know, I, <laughs> I really got nothing. I got slumber party massacre, which is under the cut to the chase speed. Everybody out there, um, and that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Well, Just go check yeah. mon- monthly show. Go check it out. All girl podcast. Sometimes we let Dude. boys crash the party, but it's a it's a good time. That's I'm Sounds looking like forward to listening to it because I could not find it. <laughs> uh, no, I'm serious. And it, it's Heather, right? From um, yes, uh, yes, yeah. Uh, her and uh, oh god damn it, I haven't listened to their show in forever. But Scott, yes, Fr- I, Friday Scott, Nightmares. It's yeah, Smoke Show and Heather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're the best, and I love them. And I want I need it. I need to get back in touch with them. 
I'm saying it on. I'm leaving all this in. I'm I'm gonna edit edit this Look, and leave, leave all, all this in. in. I'm right, leaving it all in. Yeah, it was too. Yeah, because Crockholes is probably gonna end up being the episode title. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Um. So yeah, Slumber Party Massacre. Links in the show notes for that podcast. And you've got some films coming out that we all want to fucking check check the fuck out. Fuck uh, yeah. and, and go watch the first ten minutes of uh the Boudoir of Blood part two. Yeah. No, uh, the, oh, <laughs> shing- I just said, shingle, yeah. the one <laughs> shingles, the movie, uh, will be out soon. And yeah, I'm in like the first, uh, literally like five minutes of it. And, but it was fun. It was a fun movie. And, uh, Rebecca Reinhardt, who is also my co-host on Slumber Party has a role in the film later on, but we weren't like in it together because it's an anthology and she's in a totally different part, but she's technically in the same movie. So that'll be out soon, and Bathtub Shark Attack will be out in the summer, and that, that that's it. There it is. Boom, motherfuckers. Um, and we look forward to seeing all the links in the show notes to all these films. I'm going to have some IMDb links out the ass, all right? So, Carly, oh, yeah. again, thank you so much for being on. Yes. Thank you again, guys. I would definitely come back. Hell yeah. Nightclub. Fuck you, Grindhouse. Embrace the bathtub sharks in the poopy bathroom. I'm going to say go ahead and love my long teeth, my leathery skin, and sneak up behind me and fill my crock hole. <laughs> <laughs> Take me, Daddy Grindhouse. Take me like this fucking movie, dude. Holy shit. Okay, I'm going to say this is uh, actually my last shift on this podcast. It fucking completely reversed bass ass itself. I'm too drunk to say bass that word. Bass yeah. <laughs> stay being bass backwards and um, stay spooky, all you malum goddamn lav shift motherfuckers.
What the fuck happened? I'm telling you what happened. You went to the Matrix, Rick. Yeah, you Matrixed oh. hard. <laughs> oh, well, that's fine. Damn, up- it says my internet connection is unstable. <laughs> what <laughs> what oh, did you shit. What did you say, though? I said, um, God damn, I don't remember now. Oh, <laughs> I'm the God Emperor of Dune, and yeah. the stinking slumbering chaos, so I call the shots now. Yes, that is true. Yeah. Carly, our Discord is fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, 